Matthew chapter 6 is where we're at. If you'd stand with me as we read this, you'll, this will be very familiar to you, especially if you grew up Catholic or grew up in a liturgical style church. This is a very famous passage of scripture. Uh, we all know it. And we're going we're, we're gonna to be talking about it. We've, we're in our series, our theme this year is Roots. Our series right now is Conversations with God. We're talking about prayer. And we're going to be talking about the Lord's Prayer, what's been called the Lord's Prayer. Um, and we're going to try to take a little bit of a different take on it than what we normally do. Uh, so let's go ahead and read this. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. You may be seated. Now, the, the Lord's Prayer, many, especially those of you who grew up in liturgical churches, um, it, is, it is said as a prayer. And there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, it's my feeling, my belief, that Jesus didn't intend us to pray this and say it as a creed. I believe what he was doing was giving us a pattern to follow in prayer. And that's what we're going to do. We're gonna, uh, if, you, if you look at it, if you look at not, not the words he was saying, but what he was talking about when he was saying those words, you'll see that Jesus' prayer here is very purposeful. And I believe what he's trying to get us to understand is prayer should be purposeful and specific. We're not, as Paul wrote in Hebrews, we don't have a high priest who can't be touched with our infirmities, who doesn't understand what it's like to be human because Jesus was human. He was all human and all God at the same time. It's called the hypostatic union, if you want to know the theological term for it. So Jesus knows what you're feeling. Jesus knows, in, in grief right now, as we're grieving, I know I can go to God in prayer. I know, I, I know Jesus can feel, listen, man, Jesus cried. Jesus shared and expressed grief. Uh, now, Jesus, you know, as far as we know, he never went to a funeral that he didn't kind of break up, right? And kind of disrupt the whole thing by bringing somebody back to life. What are you going to do there? But Jesus knows what we're feeling. He knows what we're going through. And I believe what he's doing, what he, he did here in this prayer is to give us a, a pattern to follow of purposefulness, and specificity when it comes to prayer. So that's what we're going to look at. Here's a, a quote I found. It says, if you only pray when you're in trouble, you're in trouble. If you only pray when you're in trouble, you're in trouble. And I think, you know, a lot of you, you look at statistics, you look at surveys that are taken about Americans and prayer. And America, it's, it's going down more and more. But most Americans pray, but I find as I talk with people and I have conversations or counseling, I find that people only pray, as this says, when they're in trouble. People don't usually pray at all times. I, we, we get a new dog, uh, Lala. She's beautiful, beautiful dog. For those of you who know me, I'm a Dodgers fan. If you don't know me, if you're new here, um, I hope that's not a deal breaker for you staying here. Uh, I'm hurting right now. Not only is my dad near the end of his life, and my wife in the hospital, the Dodgers get unceremoniously kicked out of the playoffs. So my heart is broken. Um, okay, I thought that was going to be, you know, humorous, but apparently not. You're all Red Sox fans. You're like, bah, you, yeah, yeah, shut up. Uh, but, but our new dog, I, I name all my animals after, the, after Dodgers, something to do with Dodgers. And Lala 
is we have Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Dodgers, and Lala is L-A-L-A, LA, right? Lala. So Lala is part hound. Uh, so she sniffs after as she follows trails. And Lala loves to go on walks. She's only a five-month-old puppy. She's already, she can already put her paws on my chest and look me in the eye. So she's going to be really big. But Lala is my new prayer partner. I used to have a beagle. Those, many of you who have been here for years remember Gibson, my dog Gibson. A beagle, blue tick beagle, beautiful dog. Gibson was my prayer partner. We'd go walk on the golf course and, and Gibson would sniff out and track down every squirrel and every whatever while I talked to God. So I now have a prayer partner to go on walks with, uh, Lala, and she'll hear and uh, sanctified dog. But if you were to be able to talk to my dogs and talk to them about what my prayer walks are like, they would probably say something like, and he talks about everything, and he talks to God like he's right there with him, and he talks to him like he's a friend and a counselor. Because I believe that's what prayer is. I believe prayer is not, not just communication with God. I believe prayer is a conversation with God. As Paul wrote in Hebrews, we don't have a high priest who can't be touched with our infirmities, can't be touched with our grief, can't be touched with our struggles, our strengths, and our weaknesses. He wants to be touched with them. He wants to hear about them. He wants to know about them. He told us, if I care enough about the grass of the field and the flowers of the field to, to clothe them in amazing beauty, they're here in the spring and they die in the fall. How much more do I care about you? Who I've given an everlasting spirit and my son died for so that you can have everlasting life if you accept his sacrifice as your payment of salvation. You see, that kind of love is the kind of love that not only went to the cross and died for us, but also the kind of love that wants to hear from us every day and wants us to be specific in prayer, I would ask you this question, and I, we're going we're gonna to dig into this, okay? It's not going to be surface. You'll understand what I'm, gonna say, what I'm saying here in just a minute. But I'll ask you this question. Does prayer really matter? Does prayer really matter? The answer to that question, I think it can be approached from several different directions and places. We could ask the question, does it matter theologically? Man, when I was in... When I was in uh, Bible college and seminary, boy, you'd br they broke prayer down for you, man. We did, you know, a whole series on, whole, a whole couple classes on the Lord's Prayer, breaking that down. And whole thing, you know, you could take an entire semester on, on, uh, on prayer. And there were books written on prayer. Does prayer matter theologically? Of course it does. Of course it does. Does prayer matter biblically? Does the Bible talk to us about prayer? Does the Bible tell us about prayer? Explain prayer to us. Of course it does. Of course it does. That's where we get the whole idea. But those are the easy answers. Those are the answers that come naturally and the ones that, quite honestly, those are the answers we learned in Sunday school or the answers we learned in Bible studies, right? Those are the ones that are usually preached by dissecting words and passages and through exegesis, a real, real college-sounding name. That's just simply breaking it down and going verse by verse. And hey, we play our part, don't we? We amen the answers. We testify of our approval of, 
the fact that prayer matters. But let's get real. Prayer isn't lived in theology class. Prayer isn't lived in a Sunday school class. It's not lived in a small group Bible study. And real life, I'm sorry, real life isn't lived this way, but real life surely isn't lived out on Sunday morning through a pastor's sermon. Real life is lived every minute of every day that we battle and struggle and crawl and cry. It's this answer that we need to have. You see, we could all, pro- those of us who have been in church, gone through Bible says, we could probably pass the test if it was given to us on prayer, right? We could check off the right answers. You know, the, the, uh, the, the questions, how many of you see those questions on the screen on Sunday morning when you come in, right? Get, everybody get good grades on those? Pass? Yeah. We could probably pass those, ta- those tests if we're just going to get theological or biblical about prayer. But that's not where we live. And that's not what prayer needs to be for us. It's the answer, the answer to that, that question is the answer that we really need to have. Does prayer really matter? I would ask you this, is prayer your go-to? Every day. It's prayer your go-to every day. Man, the last two weeks, I have five kids in my house. Yeah, I've been praying a lot. <laughs> I, I don't usually wake up before my alarm. I set the alarm for six. Uh, some of you are even crazier than that, and you set your, your alarms. But I don't usually wake up before the alarm, but last almost, almost the whole last two weeks I have been. I've been waking up much earlier than the alarm and just praying. I'm feeling God call my spirit to pray and I'm feeling the need to pray, the need to go to God. I'm praying for my dad a lot. I'm praying for my mom. Listen, man, I, my mom told me yesterday, I was talking to her and, and I'm the youngest, and my sister Susan will try to tell you she's younger than me. She's a lot older than me. Okay, Donna's the oldest, then Susan, then David, which many, most of you have never met. He lives down in, down in uh, South Carolina. Um, then I'm the youngest. I'm much younger than everybody. The only one in the family, the only one of the kids that doesn't have a six at the first, as the first number in my age. Hey, they, nobody asked any comments about when that's going to change. Okay, so even though I've been my parents' pastor for the last 20 years, even though I go and pray and talk and we have great conversations, my mom still sees me as little Johnny, her baby, right? So my mom called me and was talking to me about dad and the health and and everything that's going on with him. And uh, so I started asking her questions. And I said, Mom, you could tell me these things. I know, I know, but you're my baby. I said, Mom, listen, I've walked this road with other families. I've walked this road with other people. I've been in the room just before families turn off the life support for their, their, their parents. And if I can do it for other people, you better believe I'm going to do it for my parents. 
You've been faithful. You've poured into me your entire life. And the Bible tells me to obey them as a child and to honor them as an adult. So I'm going to honor them. And it sounds so easy. But the only way I've been able to endure it is by my early morning prayers. That gets me through getting everybody off to school. And then I have to start praying again, praying again, praying again. Does prayer matter? Listen, Christian, let me say this to you very bluntly. It better matter to you. Because while life may be wonderful for you at this moment, there's going to come a time where you're going to be in a struggle and you're going to need prayer. Does prayer matter? You bet it does. You bet it does. But that's my answer. And I don't take your test. You do. So you need to have your own answer, and that's what this is going to be about. We're going to take the model. I'm not going to get, dig into the, the, the Lord's Prayer, but we're going to take the model of specificity, of being specific in prayer, and talk about those prayers that we don't usually like to talk about in church. The prayers of anxiety. The prayers of stress. The prayer, like I said last week, the prayers of anger. When you're angry. And here's the, here's the thing that most Christians don't want to admit, but we all get to at some point. The anger we express, the anger we have towards God, right? If I were to, I'm sure nobody would raise their hand if I asked you, have you ever been angry at God or are you angry at God right now? But I'm telling you, we all get there. Angry with God. You know what? He's big enough to handle that. He's big enough to take it. <clears throat> if prayer cannot or does not matter to us in a practical sense in our lives, if we don't believe in the power of prayer, the access of prayer, and the fact that God hears, answers, and works through our prayers, then the answer to that question, does prayer matter, is a resounding no. My challenge going through this series is going to be this. Turn your no into a yes. Understand that prayer matters for you. Prayer has to matter for you. And especially in the day and age that we live in. Are you kidding me? We've got to pray. We've got to pray um, specifically for our day, for our family, for our kids, for our parents, for our spouses. <clears throat> for our community, for our nation. Proverbs 15, 29 says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. That's that biblical answer. Yes, prayer matters. God is saying right there, yeah, prayer matters. I, the, I hear the prayers of the righteous. I hear your prayers. Now understand, re realize it doesn't say, I give you everything you want if you're righteous, but I hear your prayer. Whether or not prayer matters is not our answer to give. The question has already been answered. Where we find ourselves in life and how we respond to our circumstances largely determines our reaction to God's answer on the question. You see, prayer matters, but it has to matter to you. Obviously, God's answer to that question is a powerful and passionate yes 
So the answer's already been given, the fact determined. So what's left? Quite simply, our obedient acceptance of God's plan and the action of incorporating prayer, pure, true, passionate, and honest prayer to a part of our daily lives with the intent on seeing God work and move and answer on our behalf and in the lives of our family, our friends, and the world. And there are all, you know, truth is relative today. I firmly have struggled and I'm determined in my heart that no matter what happens, and this is the absurd, okay, I go to the absurd to make a point. No matter what happens, Dodgers are already out of the World Series. So I don't care who wins. I'm going to identify the Dodgers as the World Series champions. Right? Hey, man, listen. If truth is relative to your feelings, well, guess what? I may just have somebody print up Los Angeles Dodgers 2020 World Series champions. And you're not allowed to tell me any different. Come on. That's absurd. We have got to, we've got to be able to have our own answer to this question. Does prayer really matter? Not theologically, not biblically, because that answer has already been asked, answered, given, and settled. But does prayer matter to you specifically in your life? Is it your go-to? Is it your passion? Is it what you will what, what you will lean on in the difficulties and what you will rejoice in in the victories? You see, prayer does matter. Prayer does move God's heart and hands. And prayer does change things. But only if you access it. Only if you believe in it. Only if you use it. Elizabeth Elliot, her husband was uh, Jim Elliot, missionary to South America. He was uh, uh, through, Elizabeth Elliot wrote uh, Through Gates of Splendor. Uh, Jim Elliot had a team and they went down to South America to reach one of the indigenous tribes down there. And they landed their plane in the river and they were attacked and Jim Elliot and others were killed. Uh, martyred for their faith. The beautiful upside of that is that more missionaries still went down there and won that tribe to Christ. And in fact, Stephen Curtis Chapman, uh, if Zach's not, I don't see Zach in the auditorium. Stephen Curtis Chapman wrote a song uh, on one of his albums. And on that album, at the end of it, you hear uh, some chanting. But what it is, is the man who actually killed Jim Elliott singing his testimony. Elizabeth Elliot said this, prayer lays hold of God's plan and becomes the link between his will and its accomplishment on earth. Amazing things happen and we are given the privilege of being the channels of the Holy Spirit. Man, through prayer. Ian e. Bounds said, God shapes the world by prayer. The more praying there is in the world, the better the world will be, the mightier the forces against evil. As I said, through this next part of messages on conversations with God, 
we're not going to answer the biblical or theological question, does prayer matter? Because it already does. We're, gonna, we're, we're not even going to get into a how-to class on prayer. I'm going to look at prayer from what I believe is a practical standpoint. What kind of prayers do we need to pray? Does God really want to hear all of our prayers? Is it always right to pray in every circumstance and attitude? And that's the big one, man. Is it always right to pray, not just in your circumstances, but in your attitude, right? Because many times we have an attitude that God's the last person we want to talk to. And that's, that's very human. And that's very, uh, very true many times. But is it right? And is it what's best? And I think more importantly, does God really want to hear us in those moments? Does God really want to hear you in your anger? Does God really want to hear you in your depression? Does God really want to hear you when you're overwhelmed with life? Does God really want to hear you when, after you've just had a big fight with your spouse or your whoever, your, your family, your friends? Does God really want to hear us in those moments? Or does he say, you know what? Go take a timeout, go sit in the timeout chair and cool down and then we'll talk. See, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think God wants to hear us every moment of every day. That's what we're going to look at. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, another martyr for his faith. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a great German theologian, pastor, and author, uh, stood against the Nazis, stood up against uh, Adolf Hitler during World War II. He was one of the only church men in Germany that actually stood against the Nazis. He was arrested, thrown in jail, and just before World War II ended, he was hanged for his faith. <clears throat> he said this, The right way to pray is to stretch out our hands and ask of one who we know has the heart of a father. See, we sang Good, Good Father this morning, right? Beautiful song. Beautiful song. He's our rescuer, by the way. Awesome job. That was crazy, man. I, yeah, that was awesome. But we sang Good, Good Father, and it's easy to sing this stuff, isn't it? It's easy to get caught up in the moment. But is it that easy for you to go to him in prayer like he's your father? Listen, I'm going to miss my dad. I really am. I'm going to miss my dad. He's my hero. No doubt about it. He's my model. And I love sitting down and talking with my dad. Oh, love it. Absolutely love it. And uh, my dad and I will talk shop. We'll talk theology. And my dad, if you were, there's only a, a couple families that were pastored by my dad and now pastored by me. And if you'll know, my dad and I are very different. I, we did a year's transition when I came back. And my dad was the senior pastor and I was the associate so when I preached, I had to follow his rules. So I had to wear a suit and tie and a button-down shirt. I'm not even sure I have. I've got ties somewhere, you know. I Listen, I, I think I have more, more jerseys than ties. Really. I'm just, it's, we're just very we're different in that way. But we always talked about things that, uh, about the practicality of of the Christian life, and the, I think the greatest lesson my dad taught me 
was about prayer. And while I'm not very, very shortly, I won't be able to talk with my earthly father anymore. Right now, it's pretty difficult to communicate with him. I know that even though my earthly father is going to be gone, man, I've got a father in heaven. He listens, he hears, and he does miracles. So I still have a father. I still have a good, good father who wants to hear me, wants to listen to me. Andrew Murray said, beware in your prayers above everything else of limiting God, not only by unbelief, but by fancying that you know what he can do. Expect unexpected things above all that we ask or think. I think we're all guilty of that kind of prayer, aren't we? We go to God and we tell him what he's going to do for us. God, this is what I need, God. So you provide. All right, God, this is how we're going to solve this problem, God. All right, you, you just need to move the rock. How about this? <laughs> hey, God, there's a rock in my way. I don't have a bulldozer. I don't have a fulcrum. I don't have anything to, to move this with. And I don't even have the first clue of how to do it. But I'm coming to you and I'm giving you my heart on the matter. Would you solve this problem? I believe you will. I believe he has the answer. So we're going to talk about different kinds of prayer. The first one is how Jesus starts off the Lord's Prayer. Prayers of thanksgiving and praise. Part of your prayer life should be prayers of thanksgiving and praise. Thanking God for his goodness. Thanking, you know, we're coming up on Thanksgiving. It's like my, I think Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Thanksgiving the 4th of July. I love the 4th of July. But I love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is, is just a wonderful, wonderful holiday for me. I just love it. But if I'm being honest, there are times when I'm not necessarily the most astute, as it were, in my prayers of thanksgiving. Right? I, I go to God for, for situations. I go to God for this. I go to God for that. But many times I forget just to say thank you. Thank you for getting up in the morning. And I've started that. I told you about the guy I used to work out with the at the gym, right? Old guy. Um, he was close to 90 this time. And I said, how are you doing today? He says, hey, listen, young man. Don't get called that much anymore. But he said, listen, young man. He says, when I wake up in the morning, I do, two, I do this. And if I don't touch wood, I'm happy. Like, well, I guess that's good. In other words, he's not in a coffin. Okay, what, everybody got that? So I make a real effort now to be thankful in my prayer. I don't want to be seen, I don't want to be perceived, and I don't want to perceive myself as a person who simply is asking God for everything. And I need to thank him for everything. Thank him for, I've got two little grandkids out in the hallway right now. Jack and Lorelai. I love those two little kids. Oh my gosh. 
I, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful for them. They make me smile. Now, they don't like me very much. Little kids don't like me. I think they think I'm like, just got out of prison or something. Just got that, just got that look, you know what I'm saying? And uh, if I had a white panel van with no windows, it would complete the look. Right? Going driving around, and we're not going to go down that road. But, but I love them. And when the day comes that they're and they and you know what they they talk to me on Facetime. Hi, Lorelai. Yeah, she just turned and ran away. They'll talk to me on Facetime and they'll ask to Facetime me, but live it's a little bit different. But the day is going to come. I'm gonna bribe them with McDonald's or chocolate. Just like a good grandparent, right? right? That's what grandparents do. And then send them back home. I love those kids, man. And I thank God for them. I thank God for the joy that grandchildren, I have four grandchildren living in Missouri. Desmond, man, my gosh, Desmond. My grand, let me brag on my grandson Desmond for a minute. Desmond's a junior in high school. He goes to Kickapoo High School in Springfield, Missouri. Same high school that, um, that's his name. My gosh. What's that? No, no. Same high school. Zach went to, to Willard. Um, actor. Um, he was in to the movie about Tibet. Um, anyway, um, Brad, I was thinking, Brad Pitt. Went the same high school that Brad Pitt graduated from. See, that was all built up for really nothing. Uh, Desmond is like a, he's a beast. He just, he just set the state record for squats. He squatted 485 pounds. He's like 16 years old. He's just a beast. Just a, he still can't take me, but, you know, but, but uh, four grandchildren, man. I, I only see through FaceTime. Allie Ray's a freshman in high school. Mia and Adeline, my little twin granddaughters who are five years old. I became a, a father of twins when we adopted Gabriel and Michael in, in March of 2016. I became a grandfather of twins. I think it should be in the Guinness Book of World Records. I became a grandfather of twins in May of 2016 when Mia and Adeline were born. I don't get to see them much. Just sent Allie some money through Venmo. She loves me for that, for her birthday this past Monday. Oh, I love those kids. Oh. Love them with my grandparents' heart. I love them. God put those children in my life for joy. I need to thank God for them. I need to be so thankful for the children. Now, you notice I didn't talk about the children I have because I'm not always thankful for them. But just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. My point is this. You will always be able to find a reason to be thankful. Just look around. Even the things you don't see on a daily basis, even the things that you don't always get to participate in, you can be thankful. You know, I'm thankful for this church. Oh my goodness, I'm so thankful for this church. This church has helped me through some difficult times. This church has been uh, an amazing place. For my I love the fact that this church 
has loved my parents for like going on close to 50 years now. I love that I have a place where I can bring my children to learn and grow. I love the fact that even though I can't be there at the time, the couples of my church can have a pie-making contest. And there can be people that get involved in that and people that win this pretty cool apron, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm thankful for that. See, there's always... It's not, just, it's not just the praise service where we can be thankful and praise God. God wants to hear your prayers of thanksgiving and praise all the time. God, thank you for my worn out car that still gets me back and forth to work. God, thank you for my brand new car that I can't figure out how to do anything with. Man, lights went on off on my dashboard in my minivan. I, I still have struggled saying that word. But lights went off on my dashboard and I'm like, I have no idea what that means. Literally, Melvin, I'm serious, man. I had to Google it. What does that, and the Google is my friend, right? What does that mean? I don't, what's flashing? I mean, it's flashing like I did something horrible, like I just robbed the bank and the police are coming after me. Like, what am, what's going on? And then I hit the wrong, I hit the, the wrong button and the camera comes up and I feel like I'm in those movies where you can put the rear view camera on and see behind you and you can drive backwards. Police frown on that on 91, I'm just here to tell you. But I'm thankful for vehicles that get me back and forth. We always have a reason to thank God and praise Him for what He's done. F.B. Meyer said this, The greatest tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. And that's deep. That's deep. And Dr. David Jeremiah, my mom's favorite author right now, <sighs> to echo what he says, he said, no matter what our circumstances, we can find a reason to be thankful. I'll share a little, little personal time with you um, since I'm doing a whole lot of that this morning. I, went, I did go up this morning at 10 o'clock. Uh, the hospice nurse was coming over and I wanted to be there to introduce myself and uh, while she was in the car waiting to get out, I was in there with my mom and my dad. And my dad is not completely coherent right now. Uh, my mom is though, and I got to pray. I got to pray with my mother and my father. And it wasn't, it wasn't the prayer of their pastor. Hmm. It was the prayer of their baby, prayer of their son. I got to thank God with my parents standing right there for the parents that he gave me, for the way they raised me, for the character that they instilled in me that I'm doing my best. Dad, I promise I'm going to do my best. I was thankful. You know one thing that I'm very thankful for about this time? There is a fifth chase child, lost him. My dad gets to meet Paul Timothy Chase very soon. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. 
no matter the circumstances, no matter your situation, there's reasons to be thankful and to praise God for all that He's done for you. I believe no matter what, this should be our first attitude. No matter our circumstances, we should be able to praise God and be thankful. Psalm 103 Verses 1 through 4 says, My soul bless the Lord and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. My soul bless the Lord and do not forget all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. And I love that. It's a, it's a word that we don't always think about. You know, we talk about benefits at work. And, the, you know, it's many times we choose our job, our occupation, our place of employment based on benefits, right? I remember when I was uh, uh, working the loading docks, I worked uh, for Consolidated Freightways, and uh, I was a Teamster, a uh, member of the 404 Brotherhood. We, had, we, we, we actually went on strike one time. And the, the pay raise was only going to be like 25 cents an hour. And that's, you know, 25 cents an hour. I can collect cans and get that. What they were really pushing for was benefits, right? Enhanced health benefits. And, and, and I'm thankful for God, to God for the, the years I worked there because it was an amazing, the benefits there were amazing. So we look at a job like that and we, many times we choose our place of employment based on its benefits. Man, David says, I'll praise God for the benefits that he gives me. The benefits of being a Christian. Have you ever think about that? I mean, the fact that you can even praise God for it. But the promises that he has given to you as his child. Simply because you're a child. Man, you don't earn it. Like, reckless love. I couldn't earn it. Couldn't do anything. But God's benefits are mine. Man, there's so much that he gives me. I'll praise him for that. Isaiah 12, verses 4 and 5 say... And on that day, you will say, give thanks to the Lord, proclaim his name, make his works known among the peoples, declare that his name is exalted, sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known throughout the earth. New Testament verse says, make his praise glorious. Make his name famous. You know what we need to praise God and be thankful for? Many times we try to hide this because we, especially nowadays, I was talking with a, a nurse in the hospital and uh, when I was up visiting Aaron and, and she said, um, you know, introduced me to her and she said, he's a pastor. And uh, this woman said, well, what kind of church? I said, well, it's an old Baptist church. Now we're a non-denominational church. And uh, I said, and I, listen, when you look like this, you really don't have to be afraid to say anything because people are going to back off anyway. They think you're going to go crazy on them. But I said, listen, we're, a, we're an evangelical church. I said, now we're not crazy evangelicals that, that are like going to just go off on you. I said, but we're evangelical. We believe in the Bible. And uh, so she started asking me questions about that. And we started having a little conversation. You know what I'm praising God for in that moment? that I got to make his name famous. <laughs> Listen, that's right. Quite honestly, in my life, I've had better two-week periods. 
Just got to tell you, man, I've had better two-week periods in my life. In fact, I've had much, much better two-week periods during my life. But you know what I've been able to do through all of it? I've been able to, I've been, I've been able to make God's name famous. Not by holding up, a, putting on a, si- a sandwich board and walking around and saying the end is near or carrying a sign saying who, so I can designate who God hates and who God doesn't hate. Simply by living the faith that he's given to me. And by recognizing that I can endure, I can succeed, I can more than survive. I've, actually, I've prayed this prayer. It's the, who is it? Is it, um, not casting, maybe it is casting crowns. We were, uh, the song Thrive. We weren't made just to survive. We were made to thrive. I want to thrive through this. I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. That's, I believe, that's where prayers of thanksgiving come in. Thanking God. You know, not only are you thanking God for his goodness and his grace and all the benefits that he's given to you and all the the things that he's shared with, that he's given to you in life. It's not just thanking him for that. You know what else it does for me? Maybe it'll do this for you. Maybe it does this for you. It reminds me of who God is to me. It's like when you write, you know, hopefully it's not just Valentine's Day, gentlemen, when you write those letters to your wife or you buy or you buy her a card or something and you just, or maybe you just have that conversation and you tell them how much they mean to you and how deeply you love them. You just open up your heart. It reminds you of why you, and I tell this to, to, to people when, they, when they're struggling, I said, just try to remember what, you, what caused you to fall in love with them. Try to remember what it was that you fell in love with at first. Because as life goes on, boy, the, the dirt and the muck and the trash of life gets piled on. And sometimes you just have to push that away Get your breath and remind yourself why you fell in love with that person or why you decided to do what you're doing. Hey, sometimes you have to remind yourself why you decided to have kids, (laughs) right? Yes, (laughs) thank you. And not only is thanksgiving and praise prayers good for God, not only does it share with him what it is that we're thankful for, it also reminds us of why, he's so, why he means so much to me, why he means so much to you, why he means so much to this world, why he can do so much for this world. Hebrews 12, 28 says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. By it we may, ser- we may serve God acceptably with reverence and awe, for, oh man, for our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. Our God wants to take over your life. He wants to consume your spirit and do something beautiful with it. Old Testament says he gives beauty for ashes, strength for fear. Mm. I want some of that. Philippians 4, 4 through 7 say, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, 
Present your request to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Listen, I don't know where you're at in your life right now. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what your victories are. I don't know what the defeats are that you're facing. I don't know where you're at. The only reason I shared where, what I shared is because I'm, I'm, the, I'm a public person here in this congregation. It's not that you deserve answers about my life. Many times I do that so that answers aren't made up about my life. But I wanted to share it with you. And I'm going to thank God that I was able to share with a church that has my heart, that I love deeply. Quite frankly, my wife has given everything she could. God wants us to bring those kind of things to him. Don't worry about everything. Listen, like I said, I don't know what you're going through. You may, humanly speaking, you may have a boatload of stuff to worry about, to be concerned about, to to just be weighing your mind down right now. Fear, frustration, anger, stress, whatever. He says, bring that to me with thanksgiving. How can you be thankful for that? Because you've got a God that wants to hear about it. And a God who can do something about it if you let him. Not tell him what he needs to do, but tell him what's on your heart. Tell him what you're struggling with and be thankful for the fact that you can bring it to him and let him work it out. Prayers of praise and thanksgiving. Is that part of your prayer life? Is that part of your daily existence? As I believe it was Job said, I, want, I, I consider the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Is that what prayer is to you? And do you consciously and actively participate in prayer of thanksgiving and praise? I hope so. I truly hope so. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time we were able to be here today. God, what a blessing in these times, in in this climate of the world, we have a place we can come to and just be honest and praise you. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, thank you for the children who are here in New There was a time when we didn't see that. God, thank you. Lord, would you make us conscious, please, would you make us conscious of your goodness to us, of your benefits? And would you then motivate us to thank you in return for what you've done? But I thank you for a church that cares, truly do. I thank you for this church that has loved on my father for all these years. God, I think it's impossible for these folks to know what they've meant to him. God, I pray that as we as a congregation face this time and grieve the loss of our original leader,
God, would you give us strength? Would you give us love? And would you give us a thankful heart? It's going to be hard, no doubt. But God, thank you from the heart of this church. Thank you for Dr. David Chase and what he did here all these years. Would you be gracious to him now? Would you be his comfort and his joy? To welcome him home, Lord. He's ready to lay down his sword and shield. Just welcome him home. Love you, Lord. Bless us this week. May we make your name famous. In your name we pray. Amen.